We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday january 10th 2023 ladies and gentlemen welcome to the eulogy for real this time about your 2022 green bay packers they were four and eight got to eight and eight Win and get in at home against the Detroit Lions. And just like the last two years, the game ended old, cold, and a frozen, broken Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers heading off into the tunnel. Losers at home. Their season ended at Lambeau Field for the third straight season. I'm your host for this eulogy. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I'm joined by Ross Uglum and Jacob Morley. And, guys, we're just going to get right to it. Jake, just what's the surprise level from – from where we were last week to now we're talking about the season being over. I mean, I'm shocked. I, I talked to a few people about this and I just, the mindset and the thought process was just like, they're not going to lose this game. The way they've been playing down the stretch, yeah, December, you know, cold, it's, I guess not December, January football at Lambeau field, the Detroit lions coming in who historically have not been very successful at this stadium on this field against one Aaron Charles Rodgers. Like I just don't see the stars aligning for the Lions to win this game. Uh, but lo and behold, it seemed like it just was a 
slow replay of last year's playoff game against San Francisco, where we pretty much all knew the ending that was coming and our eyes were peeled open and forced to watch it. And by golly, here we are again, kind of talking about the same things, you know, just 12 months later. Yeah. It's interesting because you talk about that. Like when they went down 13 to nine, I wondered if that was like the blocked punt from last year's playoff game and like, Oh no, you know, now they're not going to, but then they went right down the field and scored. They stuffed the ball in the end zone and make it 16 to 13. It's like, okay, well they fought back. Maybe there's some life and there's some hope on that, but then ultimately they give up another touchdown Packers offense, which was able kind of the same way the first game they did against Detroit, able to move the ball um, clunky as far as turnovers. Uh, I know they only had, was I think it was two officially, but Rodgers threw a pick that was called back. They had another interception that was dropped. Aaron Jones fumbled in another big game. That is officially a trend, I think. It's pretty fair to say, but it was just a a team that, you know, for as much as we threw around the term fraudulent, I think it's at least somewhat fair to say that that winning streak that they went on to at least some degree uh, was fraudulent. And that was exposed on, on Sunday night when the Packers have a chance to, you know, this wasn't the Niners. This wasn't the Eagles. This wasn't the Chiefs. This was a average Detroit Lions team. And the Packers, I think, have proven – I think they got what they deserved. You know, they're – I think they're an average to slightly below average football team. And I think that's what has bore out on this. Ross, what's your big takeaway from from Sunday night? Yeah, um you know, that Detroit's good, actually. Um, you know, some of the, you know, I'm a big DVOA guy. I know that's a uh, point of contention with some people, but uh, I, I really believe it has a great measure of, you know, who's good based on who you've actually played and, and you know, maybe not some lazier counting stats. And I don't need to get into all that, but uh, DVOA told us that Detroit was good and Detroit swept the Packers. Uh I, that, that's a that, that's a good football team with with really gifted players in the trenches. Uh, Ragnow, obviously Panay, uh, Jonah Jackson, but even man like Ali McNeil and Bugs, uh, they got some absolute dudes up front. And um, you know, with with Amon Ross, St. Brown, and and Jameson Williams, they're not going anywhere from a skill position standpoint for a while either, uh, with or without T.J. Hawkinson. And honestly, the fact that they pulled the ripcord on T.J. Hawkinson might tell you a lot about you know, his long-term effect as a, you know, above average or, or needle mover, I guess, uh, for, for you know, the rest of his career. Yeah, that very well could be, you know, I think Detroit, granted it's January 10th, like I just mentioned, but Detroit feels like one of those teams that like, as we sit here and if I do my preseason prediction, I can, I can picture a scenario where I'm saying Detroit is winning the NFC North, which seems asinine considering the reputation of the teams. Uh, the other bit of news today, uh, which Ross Uglum will be celebrating and running in the streets in is that uh, Joe, well, Matt LaFleur said he anticipates Joe Barry returning. And on another note, not just the coordinator says he wants to retain basically everybody on the staff. And here's my take on that real quickly is that my take has always been if you, if you are supposed to be a Super Bowl contender and then you turn out to not be one, which the Packers were not, when you don't make the playoffs, you're not a contender. And frankly, if you're a seven seed, you're not really a Super Bowl contender either. 
somebody has to get fired. Well, they're not firing the head coach. They're not firing the quarterback, most likely. I at least I don't I don't think that's something that's actually going to come to fruition. So the defensive coordinator made the most sense to me. But if they're not going to do that, I don't know. I just feel like the the continuity thing. I just think we're trending more towards stale than we are finding continuity for for this team. I don't I don't think that that is the wisest decision. Um, some of these guys have been here for a really long time. You saw last night, Quay Walker gets ejected for the second time this season. Like that, they're not going to fire Quay Walker, obviously, but that feels like somebody should be accountable for something like that, other than just talking to for Quay Walker. Um, you got guys consistently out of position all season. The offensive line was kind of clunky through the part of the season. The receivers had issues throughout the year. I just don't know how you justify bringing everybody from the coaching staff back for a team that will have some roster turnover. But if the Packers approach things pretty similarly the way they have the last couple of years, most of those guys are going to be back too. Ross, what's your takeaway from all of that stuff? Uh, it's just terrible. You know, um, I, it, it, it shows, I think, uh, an inability to make the tough choice, um, especially, man, just how painful it is to watch the rise of Jero Averro and probably a guy they would have lost by now. Um, but, man, if you're losing your defensive coordinator to a head coaching position, because let me tell you who nobody's ca- calling for that gig, and that's Joe Barry. Nobody's calling Joe Barry to take over a head coaching position. And that's what I think – stings is that you you had a up-and-coming exciting coach with fresh ideas as one of your finalists and you went with a retread with a legitimate resume filled with failure and now you've seen that failure for two seasons um both of these games and and look, I'm not absolving Rogers in the offense. I am not, I'm not doing it for the way that season la- uh, last year ended against the Niners. And I'm not doing it, you know, for the way this season ended, but ultimately the, the unit on the field at the end that couldn't get it done was the defense both years. And that defense folded up like a house of cards over the last 18, 19 minutes, got no stops at all and got dog walked down the field, and Jared Goff put them out of their misery. And they weren't a good unit. They were better towards the end, but they weren't good. They they finished, I just put up the stat, they finished 20th in defensive DVOA, 31st in run DVOA, 17th in scoring defense. It, it, you're just, you're not, it's it's not going to work. And and it, it it really makes it, frankly, difficult to be excited about what they might be able to do next year because there's no reason to assume that he's going to improve. There is no reason to assume that there will be fresh ideas, that there will be something great implemented. There's no reason to believe that this person with now six defenses that he's coordinated, 07 Detroit, 08 Detroit, 15 Washington, 16 Washington, 21 Green Bay, 22 Green Bay. How can you sell that to me as someone who, yes, is, is, is quote unquote a journalist or, or you know, uh, someone who's supposed to look at things objectively, but someone who is admittedly and quite obviously a Packers fan? How are you supposed to sell that to me as a consumer? Why would I ever believe that this team can get better on the defensive side of the ball 
when you've poured resource after resource from a draft capital standpoint into this team and you've made free agent signings in Adrian Amos and Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith and Jaron Reed and, and on down the line. And you come to me and you, you know, you gave these extensions to uh, Devondre Campbell and, and or not extensions. You re-signed Devondre Campbell to career altering money, life altering money, you re-signed Rasul Douglas and you do all this for the defense. And why would I ever believe that after you give this man everything and he hands you mediocrity or even worse, why am I supposed to believe in the 2023 Green Bay Packers unless they're just going to score 45 points a game? And why am I supposed to believe that? They just scored 16 against Detroit at home with the season on the line. Yeah, and that is the, that's the other side of the coin because we can talk about the coordinator, and I certainly think there is plenty of evidence there to support that uh, Joe Barry has done enough to, to lose his job after this season. Uh, like you said, Ross, they played better down the stretch. But, you know, somewhat, again, to use that term, fraudulent. Chicago's the worst offense in the NFL. They're picking first in the, in the draft this year. They're not good. The Bears were playing with ba- – or the Rams were playing with Baker Mayfield who'd been there for 10 minutes. Miami was playing with Tua who was concussed. They had a great performance against Minnesota. I will give them that. And I'm not even going to use the qualifier because Justin Jefferson is on that team and they shut him down. Like, that was a legitimately good performance. And then last night, the performance was good enough, you know, in a normal setting. The problem is, like you mentioned, the Packers offense, why would you believe they're going to score 45 points a game when the quarterback is not as good as he used to be? I think that that at minimum is a fair thing to say. I'm not going to say full-fledged washed up because there are a few throws a game where you're like, okay, that's still Aaron Rodgers. But – there are also a lot of moments where it's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, the entire season, you know, you talk about all the, all the advanced metrics, all the regular statistics, all of them say Rogers was average to below average this season. And that was a season long thing. And this month where the Packers had this resurgence basically had very little to do with it. This wasn't him going run the table. And the Packers offense, and that's the other thing, Ross, as you're talking about inability to make tough decisions, that includes the offensive side of the ball as well. I'm not saying fire the coordinator or anything like that. I'm just saying your offense this season was bad. Some of that was personnel. Some of that was schematics. So are you able to fix those things too? I will say, and, you know, again, this is live by – you know, DVOA, die by DVOA. Um, you know, they finished ninth in weighted DVOA, as in weighted against their competition. So they were still a top 10 offense this year. Um, I know they're in the top 12 or 13 in scoring offense. Uh, is that one or two like they were with Devontae Adams? No, it's not. Uh, but I, th- I think bad is unfair or, or, or inaccurate. Um, specifically, they were fifth in run DVOA, uh, that, which without, like, for example, Philly was one. Well, let me tell you why Philly was one. His name's Jalen Hurts. <laughs> guess who two was? Baltimore Ravens. Oh, Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. So you you get into a situation where you have a top five run offense with a thirty nine year old quarterback that can't run. That's it, it, it's it's pretty good. And and again, I'm not. I'm, I don't want to argue with you, Jacob. I'm not. You know, uh, I, I just bad. I think is harsh. 
I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, and I think I think bad to their relative standard. That's been and granted that standard over the last two years has been, you know, very very good, best in the NFL, very very good. Um, you know, I think from a where they finish in since you've got those numbers up, where they finish in passing, fourteenth. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not going to be good enough. I know that that's that's above league average. And I would consider as no I would, act, I would attribute. I mean, I have excuses for that, and, and they are just excuses. But you you're missing Christian Watson for a big for a large amount of time. You're missing Romeo Dubs for a large amount of time. Robert Tunyon didn't look like Robert Tunyon until the last six weeks. The offensive line was in shit. Like I, I I'll tell you, I'll put it to you this way, Jacob. If they if they re-sign Tunyon and Rodgers comes back. And they just run it back with du- – du- and I suppose well, they'd have to re-sign Lazard too. I mean, sure. Well, I just mean to, to – let's say – all I'm saying is if Jenkins and Bakhtiari, if yeah. the five that are currently off on the offensive line come back healthy and there's nothing going on you know, that's wrong with uh, Watson or Dubs, and they just run it back with Cobb, Lazard, and Tunyon. And I'm not saying I believe any of this, but just with another year of being together, another year of experience, and just health, I bet you they'd be better. Even just running back with, running it back with Rodgers and those four, those five top receivers being Cobb, Lazard, Dubs, Watson, and Tunyon. And I want to I want to jump in here real quick and and kind of and kind of tie that all together because I think when you see that they're uh, allegedly bringing back Joe Barry to be the DC. I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said, Ross talking about sell me on that. Sell me on that. Um, and I think what they would say is one, they want Rogers back Two, They think he's going to be back and three, just the overall timeline of what they're trying to accomplish. Like, you're implementing a new defensive scheme now again when the goal is in the window is one year. Like, I think that's what they would say, but it doesn't mean I agree with it. And I do think, I think you can legitimately for everything Matt LaFleur is good at. I think you can legitimately question his process on certain things. Um, I, don't think it, I, I don't think no, he's good. Not on, not on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's brought in some really talented offensive coaches and two of them, one got a head coaching gig, who, which he wasn't ready sure. for in Hackett. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think Getsy is really good, but yes, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's been bad. And that's like, and, the, that, that's like the, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is that that's his side of the ball, right? That's he, so he, he is a brilliant offensive coach and I still believe that. Um, and I think does a good job of, of identifying smart offensive minds, but as far as quality special teams, people and quality defensive people, I think that's a very, very, very valid uh, criticism. He retained Mike Pettin. He hired and won't fire Joe Barry. It, that, that's difficult to wrap your head around. To be fair, it, he retained, he did retain Mike Pettin, but there's, at least some scuttle that he was told to do that, or at least it was strongly suggested for that first year that he was here. Okay. I mean, I, I agree with you, what you guys are saying, because I mean, he hired Sean Menenga, terrible, hired Mo Drayton, terrible, Joe Barry, not, not good. Um, Mike Pettin was around 
he inherited him, but also kept him for Patton was here for two years with, with, uh, LaFleur. So yeah, there's, there's plenty of that. Um, you know, Morley, we were talking about the offense and, and where they were at on everything like that. You've been talking about how you want to build this team moving forward. And, and we were talking a little bit, you know, a while ago, the, the problem with the way this green Bay team is set up is like, I don't think MVP Aaron Rodgers is walking through that door ever again. Um, now I didn't think that after the 2018 season or the 2019 season, and then he put together back to back ones. So in order to win a championship, their defense needs to be significantly better and their offense still needs to be better. Um, they essentially are trying the blueprint of Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos, John Elway's Denver Broncos. Um, whether or not that's possible, what remains to be seen. But what's your take on just how they should approach building this team after the Matt LaFleur called the season a disappointment? I think he might have used the term failure, which is, I mean, <laughs> I know there's plenty of argument about like, well, any season that doesn't end in a Super Bowl is a failure. Well, maybe, maybe that's a little too harsh. I don't necessarily think it is. But when you don't make the playoffs at all, that is a, uh, a catastrophic failure. Um, but what's your take on how they should build this team after that type of season? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, I said it last night after the game. I think this offense needs more attention than the defense. And I just don't – and I think part of that is just because I think defense is so hard to play in the NFL these days that uh, defensively, you know, why why were they so successful? Why did they look better uh, down the stretch? Because they were getting turnovers. And turnovers, you know, it's, it's volatile. You don't – they come in bunches like that. And guess what? They didn't get one. They didn't get one turn. I, say, I think the last two games are like a perfect example of that. They had four and then they had zero in back to back weeks. And and right now the offense isn't good enough to just stand alone and and not live off of those turnovers, not live off of the special teams, you know, field tilting plays that they were getting as well in that in that stretch. And so I think when you look at this team moving forward, uh, I I don't I'm not saying this just I, I would move on from Rodgers. I would, at this point in his career, I think you get what you can out of him and, and you see what the young kid has. And if you're wrong, at this point, if you were wrong, you probably miss out on two more pretty good seasons of Aaron Rodgers. And if you're right, you know, you, you move on at the right time and you get something out of him and you hope you have something in this young kid. 
Um, but let's say, I mean, I think they're going to beg and plead Rogers to come back one more year. And I think he will. And I think, you know, what I feel aside, I think that's what will happen. So let's just look at it through that lens of, I think they've got, they've got so much talent on the defensive side of the ball. They just do. And whether or not that comes to fruition, that's coaching, which we've gone into at nauseum on that already. So, you know, that just is what it is. If you're going to build this team moving forward on the defensive side of the ball, I guess you're just rolling the dice and saying, oh, holy cow, I hope we get a bunch of turnovers and bunches when it counts. Because that's really the only way I see this uh, working out for them. Uh, but on, on the offensive side of the ball, I think you have maybe probably one of the five most valuable assets in the NFL as far as young players and Christian Watson outside of the quarterback position. And that's, you know, that's a good start. And I think he, you build the ship out of, around him next year. I think he proved that down the stretch that he needs to be the guy. I think he showed that against the Lions on Sunday, that he needs to be the guy. He's the only one beating man coverage. He's the only one making plays. Um, I could I could take or leave Alan Lazard. If he wants to come back at a lower number, that's great. Uh, if he wants he to get basically paid. basically said more, that's not happening. That's fine. Well, good for him then. Good for him and go get paid. It's not going to be in green back. And that's fine. And honestly, I think that's fine. I do. Because I think he is uh, a good football player. He is not a field tilting player. Uh, he is a he is a good player to have on a really deep wide receiver uh, room, in a wide receiver room. That's really deep. The Packers weren't that this year. I think, you know, even though he set career numbers and catches in yards, uh, he's still fell well below the expectation of what they needed him to be this year. They needed him to be the wide receiver one. They needed him to be the guy uh, to make the plays when they need him. I mean, 700 and some receiving yards just is not good, good enough in today's NFL if you are the number one option. You know, dropping passes, killing drives like he did against Detroit, that's not what you would expect from a wide receiver one. Uh, he had a few of those this year. So if he wants to lead for greener pastures and someone wants to, you know, wants to talk themselves into him being – uh, one of their top receivers. That's that's fine and dandy. Um, and you know, all the power in the world to Alan Lazard. I hope he gets paid. Uh, he is a he's a really good football player, but uh, he, he is not someone that I think you absolutely need to have on your roster, especially this roster moving forward. Um, I think Christian Watson is the only uh, set in stone, concrete type guy that you can really rely on um, for this team. And then beyond that, it's just kind of like you've got some young guys that you hope pan out. Uh, but I don't think you bank on any of them being anything other than average to below average players. I think Romeo Dobbs showed us a lot this year that a lot to like um, with Romeo, but a lot of stuff that he needs to fix. I mean, you saw it uh, last night was our Sunday night was a great example. There were plays for him, him to be made that he didn't make uh, the, the lasting image I'm going to have of Romeo is the, the absolute seed Rogers gave him up the right sideline. And he, I don't think he even knew that ball was there. I mean, that's, you know, he needs to get better and he can, but I don't think you bank on that. And so I think that's initially what you do, because I think on the offensive line, I think they're solid. I think they'll probably draft one or two more guys and they'll probably, one of them will probably be really good. Just seemingly that's what they do every year. I think I would love it if Yash was able to uh, leave for a second round pick. I would I would love it if a team would pick that up. Um, that depends on Bakhtiari as well. If you, but I think Bakhtiari's back. I think 
Zach Tom is your right tackle moving forward. I think Elton Jenkins is one of the best guards in the league. I think Myers and John Runyon Jr. are um, okay. I think you could upgrade at both those spots um, if the opportunity arises for that to happen. I don't know if it will. But if not, I think they're okay players with still plenty of potential, still plenty of upside. And then you look at, okay, so pass catching, pass catchers, here we are once again. They need more pass catchers. They need to go back to the well of, hey, we need three, four, five guys. We need, we need guys that maybe you don't have. Maybe Christian is your true number one. And then you need two or three maybe. more. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, in the true sense of like a true number one receiver in the NFL, which I think he can be and will be. But, but you know, back in the day when they had, you know, the Jennings and the Drivers and the James Jones, none of those guys were true number ones. And I think what Christian, we could talk Jordy about him was. forever. Jordy was, but Jordy was young, you know, during that time when Jordy was the dude, I don't think those wide receiver groups are as deep. Um, but in any case, like we could, like Christian is more talented than any of those guys. And uh, Christian could legit be one of the top, you know, three, two, one receiver in the NFL, but that's beside the point. You need other options and not only for Rogers, like Rogers, Rodgers at this point in his career needs to be insulated like a young quarterback would be insulated. And so that's kind of a nice transitional point for the Packers because guess what? Soon they will have a young starting quarterback in this offense. Rodgers cannot be expected to go out and be miracle boy anymore and be able to do that stuff because he just can't. And I think he has shown that not, I think the MVP seasons masked that a little bit, uh, but the, the last two MVP seasons of Rodgers were not really the same as the first two. Uh, he did it. He won in different ways. He won more within the pocket. Um, he's not making as many plays out of structure. He needs to be able to be one, two, three out. And I think a lot of times this year we saw on that third step, when he puts his foot in the ground, his initial read is not open consistently. And I think when you don't have that true number one, that is consistently beating coverage, beating zone, beating man, uh, that can, that's tough. It's tough to play with that. And we saw that until really Christian kind of emerged and was that guy. But like I said, give me, give me two, three of those guys and make the transition to love or whoever it is even easier, because that's how, I think that's how you kind of sustain the success of this offense. And I think some of it is, I think Matt LaFleur uh, likes his own Kool-Aid maybe a little bit too much at times when he just thinks, hey, I can just scheme guys open and I can get whoever open. And I think if, if anything is to learn from this season, I think LaFleur maybe is coming to terms with like, hey, we still need the Devontae Adams of the world to make this offense really hum, to make this offense really work. So my my keys to this offense, guys, I guess, in a roundabout way, if I would break it down into one easy line, is add explosive playmakers. That's what this offense needs. More explosive playmakers. They've got one bona fide guy in Christian Watson, probably two in Aaron Jones if they are able to bring him back. But beyond that, give me two or three more. And let's make this let's make this a track team and let's let's have some fun because I don't think the defenses be a consistent group that can stop guys. Uh so this offense is gonna just have to score one hundred. That's gonna be the theme of this offseason for me. Hashtag score one hundred. Can I can I give you a a free agent target that would that I really get a kick out of because he's never played with a decent quarterback? Jamal Williams. 
Darius Slayton. Jacoby Myers. Yes. He's going to get paid. He's going to get way too much money, though, I think. But think? yes, I am. I, I do. I am on board. I love Jacoby. Love Just Jacoby. Jacoby Myers. Okay. State. So, morally, She's... Jacoby Myers over under. Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. Which one gets more? And do they get more than Christian Kirk? God, I hope Jacoby Myers gets more than Lazard. And I don't mean that to be mean to Alan, but like. Jacoby okay, would be... so do they get more than Christian Kirk? No. Because Jacoby, Jacoby's out here catching balls from Mac Jones. Like, I'm just saying, are you sure? Because, like, all it takes is one team to do that. And I remember all of us were like, oh, my gosh, on the Christian Kirk contract. And, like, the Bears are going to spend stupid money on a free agent receiver. I feel that's not – I'm not as confident in that as, like, maybe I would have been, been before the Claypool trade, but they're going to spend on somebody, I think. I don't know. Though. But that's – that's a different topic for, for a different time. I think that uh, more than, I think you're spot on the explosive playmakers thing, the, and you mentioned the LaFleur part. I think that's also a Gutekunst thing. Like you can't just replace Devonte with drafting nobody for so many years and then trying to do it with Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs and, uh, and Watson who admittedly emerged by the end of the season, uh, by the middle of the season, quite frankly, but they need to add guys that, they don't have enough explosive players. And I think that what you said there was, was pretty appropriate in terms of like not counting on Romeo Dobbs. And, and that's not to say that Dobbs can't be a good player, but I also don't think that this is kind of the Amari Rogers discussion that I had with, with you guys last off season. And that was like, sure. You picked him in the third round, but by that point he had shown nothing. Uh, Dobbs has shown infinitely more than nothing, but I also think that he's potentially a more limited player that way. So, Ross, what are your final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts on just everything. <laughs> did, did yeah. This... Uh, what's your What's your big takeaway from this season going into Fine, the la- your last words? This yeah, is a eulogy, it. Ross. the yeah, the yeah, The yeah. coffin is going into the ground, man. What do you have to say yeah, to this team so as it finally leaves? Ashes us? to ashes, dust to dust, and time to kill. Whatever else. We were right. Every time we said this team was done, we were actually right. <laughs> Those are my final words. We were right. Also, <laughs> yeah. also, I was right about Christian Watson. Also, I was right about Devontae Wyatt. Also, I was right about Anigbare. Hey, actually, I'll leave it on a positive note here because um, you want to talk about hope for the future, hope for this team. Um, Look at this year's draft. I mean, this year's draft class was bonkers. Let me just read some stats and where they where these guys rank against the rest of the draft class. Quay Walker tackles first in this year's class stops, which is a PFF metric for basically failure like. Causing the offense to fail at first with 41. His completion percentage in coverage is the lowest amongst uh, linebackers. Devontae Wyatt, who just jumped up into some of these rankings this week because he finally has 100 pass rush snaps. He has got the highest pass rush win rate amongst interior, interior defensive linemen. And it's like five points better than anyone else within those rankings. Christian Watson, yards per route run as a rookie. Finished 11th in the NFL, second amongst rookies. Total touchdowns, first amongst all rookies. Not just wide receivers, not just running backs, all rookies, first. Kingsley, Inigbare, his pass rush win rate, first 
amongst all edge rushers with um, at least 150 snaps. And that so that includes Aiden, the Aiden Hutchinsons of the world. That includes the Tavon Walkers of the world, the George Karloftis. Uh, he is winning at a higher clip. Maybe the sack numbers aren't there just yet, but they will. Like that stuff always comes in play. And by the way, you look at that list with Kingsley and Igbare, all the guys on that list with him were top 30 or 35 draft picks. And Igbare was like, what, 170? Like something stupid like that. Uh, and then Zach Tom, pass block efficiency is by far and away first of any of any offensive lineman in this year's draft class that has played 250 snaps. And that doesn't, you know, that doesn't even include the promise that uh, Romeo showed as a rookie. Lots of like there. That doesn't include uh, the promise that honestly Tariq Carpenter showed as a special teams player for this team. They drafted him to come in, run fast, hit hard, and he did just that. I'm excited to see if he develops into a, a viable safety option for this team, just because that's usually how it starts is these guys get it done on special teams. Um, so there's just a lot to like. And if, uh, if the Packers can have another draft like they just had last year, things, things can turn around really quickly in green Bay. Um, the, and I think it's interesting. And I guess my final words for this team would be besides, yes, we were right. We were very right about this team. They showed us exactly who they were uh, within the first 12 weeks of the season. And uh, they lied to us for a little bit. And then they reminded us who they were on Sunday. But this team probably got into the hole that it was in because their reliance on the young players on this team. But the reason they were able to dig themselves out of that hole is because those players finally showed up. Those young players finally showed up and showed some promise. And I think that is what you can take forward with this team. If you're looking for that silver lining is they have a lot of really good young football players. Um, Goody absolutely knocked the, knocked the draft out of the park last, last year. They're really good in the pro personnel department with these, you know, cheap free agents that continue to come in and be uh, big time players for the Packers. So if that is, if there is a silver lining for this team, it is that um, with that said, Good riddance, 2022 Packers team. <laughs> and I will, I will add on to that too. Just you know, people get on Goody for for his drafts, and and I understand that. Um, I, I get, I do get some of that, but man, um, just being able to identify NFL level talent is a is 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 imp- impressive. Um, I don't know the exact percentages. But I know every draft class, not not all the guys make the team. Um, and I know after three years, most draft classes are are at a pretty low percentage. From what I can see here, I think only Simon Stepaniak, Kamal Martin, and Kylan Hill, and Kylan Hill might be for other reasons, are not on a 53. Like, not even on a practice squad. Not on a 53. Jamon? That was a goody. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, for the last of the last three years of the last. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. In the last three years, because uh, Jonathan Garvin is still on the team. Uh, one guy I might want to confirm here. No, Vernon Scott is apparently on the Packers. Is he on IR? Sure he is. Yeah. Like, okay. He's on IR. So whatever he is what he is. But then you go up that 
Jake Hansen's still on the team. John Runyon is a six-round pick who's starting. DeGuara's still on the team. Dylan's still on the team. Love is still on the team. Move up one. McDuffie's still on the team. Van Lannan is on the Jaguars. Uh, SJC is still on the team. TJ Slayton's still on the team. Royce is still on the team. Amari Rogers hooked up with another team. Josh Myers is still on the team. Eric Stokes is still on the team. And all of the guys from the 2022 class are still on the team. So that, I mean, that in itself is impressive to have three draft classes. I would guess over 90% or right around 85, 90% on not just rosters, but 53s. So I, I don't know. I, I think a, a lot of people are tough on Goody. He absolutely blew it out of the park with the 2022 class. And overall, I think people, you know, th- th- that that he, this has been impressive. This has been very impressive. Yeah, it has. My final thought real quickly for the team, I had a friend last night say, I'd say it was fun, but it wasn't. And it really wasn't for most of the season. Um, my take is learn from your mistakes. That goes from which Matt LaFleur already hasn't. So I guess that's not a great resolution. He's like me who breaks his New Year's resolution two days in. But learn from your mistakes. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekunst, all of them. Learn from the mistakes that you made this year uh, as far as the way the team is built, as far as the way the coaching staff was constructed, all that stuff. We're out of time. Thank you guys for listening to today's show. You can check us out at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me personally. I'm at Jacob Westro. If you can follow Ross, he's at Ross Uglum. He did a mock draft Monday today because he is a sick, sick human being. You can find it over at Packer Report. And Jacob Morley and I will be renewing the gold zone over on Game on Wisconsin here in a few weeks as the offseason gets rolling. And we got some cool stuff coming for draft season this year. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.